0: goodie? Good, good news, news everyone. everyone i'm sorry i can't, I, 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 can't <laughs> I can't i can't use that as what? a catchphrase What? i can't what? use that as a catchphrase i was just because it was news. what
1: you old oliver twist ass what does that mean oliver
0: <laughs> twist no this is um professor farnsworth from futurama
1: oh you're right
0: yeah Yo, yeah my friend
1: mike would be ashamed that i didn't catch that reference
0: Oh my god. But yeah, that I'm just thinking of catchphrases like you told me last week. And I and that was the one that just bursts to my head, but I'm like, that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> with this show. So I can't really use that. So I'm still I'm still thinking of catchphrases. But anyway, hello everyone. <laughs> we are back with another episode of Scary Crit. Uh, we are your hosts, Jared and
1: Lauren. Welcome.
0: Yes, welcome back.
1: Is it weird uh, that I say my, like, government name on the show.
0: The mail is just, you know, it just has a little more pizzazz, pizzazz. you know? Um, so, But it's cool. Government name. It, it'll just, it's cool. It, it makes them easier to find you. Whatever floats your boat. it makes them easier <laughs> to find. Because, you know, they watch and listen. Let me stop. Oh. Um, uh, oh, did you have, you had some sort of question or something for us?
1: Oh, I have, I have, you know, those questions that people ask and you get mad that they asked it. Uh-oh. Yeah. What you say? Since it's it's gonna go with our with our theme for this evening. (laughs) What was better in your childhood, goosebumps, or are you afraid of the dark? Only strictly television. Damn, that was bad. Goosebumps. Oh my god.
0: The fuck down. What what kind of is this? What kind of question is this? Goosebumps raised me. Okay. I like. I, I prefer. Are you afraid of the dark? Well, we're just two different people. And that's ships perfectly fine.
1: passing in the night.
0: It's fine. <laughs> but no, because, and this goes to what I, also something I said last week. I was not a Nickelodeon child. Nickelodeon. Oh, Nickelodeon was, Nickelodeon not was not my it. channel. Like while everybody else, you know, my cousins had the orange Rugrat tapes, you know.
1: I did too. I, I was at the,
0: ships. I was at the Blockbuster grabbing every, goosebumps vhs in sight especially the ones with slappy don't get me started i'm like is night 11 dummy here i need it now especially when they started um releasing them on dvd i had that one we had the um i think we had the chillology one where you know the carlsville all that but no goosebumps raised me like whenever that was on i would want to watch it um it would be on when i came home from school um i remember i was hoping and praying so badly it would be the episode how to kill a monster when i came home from school oh, and guess what yeah. episode was on how to kill a monster that is one of my favorite episodes and books in the whole series it's just so good like the tagline step one Run step two, run faster. Like mm-hmm. girl, how do you like goosebumps was everything to me? Like haunted mask. Like yeah, I like the uh, mask.
1: I like the my favorite goosebumps is the uh the
0: uh give me a synopsis. Amusement park,
1: amusement park. Horror
0: land, yeah. horror land, yes. Horror I was gonna
1: say D one eighty and I'm like no I love them, but it's the theme, it's the amusement park theme. That's what I was trying to get to. <laughs>
0: Shout out to D one hundred and eighty, but um, yes, Horrorland was everything because it was just like how R.L. Stein was able to craft like that, that little world, like yeah, and everything with all the different like scary rides. Um, but, So,
1: I I will let you live in your goosebumps, but let me tell you why you're wrong.
0: Oh, this is a debate.
1: This is a debate. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Okay. Are you afraid of the dark? To me, was like tsunami. At car- on Cartoon Network, right? Uh-huh. Like you're little and maybe you've stayed up, like Powerpuff Girls went off and you're supposed to get in bed now. And like you go to turn the TV off, but you moved a little too slow. And then the tsunami thing came on and you're like, uh-huh. oh, what's this? And then you're like 10 watching Inuyasha and you shouldn't be. When I was watching like Nick, right? All of the like happy-go-lucky, were kid shows came on. <laughs> and then when it was late at night at- and it was dark out, here comes Are You Afraid of Dark Out of Nowhere. Which so makes it makes and it made me feel like, is this something I'm supposed to be watching? Ooh. It's on Nick.
0: Ooh, Like, it's
1: fine, right? And then you got really into it because it was dark and, like, it was late. And it was this whole, it, like, was a vibe. It was, like, a whole mood that I appreciate. And I just, it, it made you, I don't know. I feel like Goosebumps is, I'm not saying it's bad, right? But for me, Are You Afraid of the Dark made me feel like I could be involved if that makes any sense right like goosebumps like that was a story that happened to someone else but are you afraid of the dark I think because of how it was structured like these kids telling stories mm,
0: okay. made
1: me feel like oh like I could be in this club
0: so because could... the structure was different yeah more more like not not I don't think the word I want to use is inclusive but more like
1: it was less voyeuristic
0: and more and more inclusive engaging Engaging. I
1: think yeah from like because then I became that kid like I became that like the creepy kid like at our at the slumber parties of like you guys want to tell scary stories
0: oh I got one I got one (laughs) there was a man with a hook but no let me stop (laughs) um okay I never thought of it that way I just and with goose songs it definitely did come on during the day but it still managed to scare me during the day like I was afraid to go to sleep you know um
1: yeah because that opening
0: iconic like when will when, when will your fave ever? <laughs> okay, I'm just like, are you afraid of the dark? I don't think they had a theme song as banging. Yes, what it was? It's a goosebumps theme. Oh like that, no,
1: like no, that, you that have piano. That. I'll give you that.
0: That viewer beware, you're in for a scare. Bi- Come on, I'm about to flip this tail right now. Come on, <laughs> but um, I just yeah, I I never um partook in are you afraid of the dark. Uh, when I was little. But I do hear they're making a reboot.
1: They made it. It's out.
0: How do you feel?
1: There's a whole season. Eh. I don't know.
0: It was for me.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark all the way?
0: I highly recommend that y'all watch both, though. Really good. Um. um Negronomicon. Taking it off the shelf. Open Insert
1: Winifred here.
0: Yes, I am so sorry, um, but it is Super Weekend because uh, Zack Snyder's long-awaited Justice League has been released on the HBO Max. It is a whopping four hours, um, and over on Disney+, um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been released. The show starring odd couple Bucky Barnes and Anthony Mackie. It's not his character i know name. that's not his character's <laughs> name sam sam it's sam right it's sam what's his last name <laughs> bucky and sam basically um are starring and i'm just exact i'm so excited to see like their um like their like buddy comedy <laughs> chemistry um that i've seen from the previous sam wilson Yes, yeah, Sam Wilson, um, and I'm just excited to see another person have the shield as well. So, and with Justice League, I have a confession. I have a confession. This is probably a bombshell for y'all. I never watched the Joss Whedon Justice League that came out in 2017. I just never got around. To, I just never watched it. I just never got around to watching it.
1: She, I too have not watched it.
0: Oh my God! Oh wow! Well, we should just we should just. Watch. So
1: here's the thing. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no,pe I didn't want anything to do with it. No,
0: I mean we should just watch Zach's.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I but, don't know because I still don't really want anything to do with it. <laughs> I have said such... this before, and I will say it again. DC is 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 a <laughs> strong disappointment because <laughs> the like the gap between. The Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Cinematic Universe is so big. It's so big. Like, do you know those kids in some parts of the country that are still reading history books that say, yeah, no, like the slaves enjoyed it. It was fine. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It's great. DC are the kids that have those books, but from the 70s. Oh. D the D- D- DC is the is the school district that hasn't updated their textbooks since 1972. Meanwhile, Marvel over there and they had a Montessori school with iPads.
0: Season four of the wire comparison. My goodness. Um <laughs> Oh Lord, that just took me. Um, so I really do want to watch though. So because I've heard a lot of the fanboys and um Reviewers have been singing its praises, especially regarding. Especially, uh, I mean, we know, especially, (laughs) especially regarding um, the Flash and Cyborg, and I'm really excited for Ray Fisher because you know, his whole yeah, his whole case with uh Joss Whedon and like the abuse, and so him actually having a storyline in this one, like a fully realized one, that could, that should have led to. You know his own spinoffs or something. I, I just hope Ray Fisher. This is a plus for him with people actually being able to see like what should have been seen beforehand. Right. Um, and this is just another note to studios that you need to have patience and you need to wait and you need to figure it out because if the reason why is that Zach stepped down was because he had just lost his daughter. Really. Yeah. So I it's, know that. He lost his daughter. He's grieving. Um, he has to bury his daughter. So instead of y'all like letting, giving him the space and time to grieve while he is like manning this gigantic superhero vehicle, y'all go on and pluck out Joss Whedon. And what does he do? Like, what? Like, y'all, <laughs> y'all didn't even, and it was just so. Mm, so but that's
1: capitalism, right?
0: Uh, there we go. I hate but- it.
1: So here's the thing, right? Because Brandon attempted to watch it. And then I just realized, I
0: well,
1: <laughs> I realized when I had my uh, Great Expectations brain fart that Brandon made like a cameo appearance. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Brandon is my amazing, loving, longtime boyfriend who lives in my apartment with me and my dog. We all live together. Um, Her
0: lover man.
1: He attempted to watch it like I called him when I was at work and he was watching it and then a couple hours later I came home and he was still watching it and he was it's, not all yeah, the way done.
0: It's a long one. But also he, Brandon has made cameos before. We be, we heard him in the background in our early episodes on the PS5, you know. Shouting. Oh
1: yes, shouting, <laughs> yelling to the left to the left. Um but that was that is his formal introduction into the Scary Creep universe now. But he is a really avid Flash fan and he did not like Ezra's Portrayal. No. Because he told me the way that he feels about it that Ezra was directed to play Wally when he was written like Barry. So the script flash is Barry Allen, which is a very different personality than Wally West.
0: Very different.
1: But Ezra was playing Wally West, but was being called Barry Allen.
0: You know Ooh, what I mean? So the disconnect. So he's,
1: right. So Brandon was like, this is garbage. <laughs> like, I hate it. But he said that the best part about what he was watching was Cyborg. See? And that what they should have done was what Marvel did and started off, like, you pick a character and you start. They should have picked Cyborg and started with him and then built everything around mm-hmm. Cyborg.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know when I'm going to watch it or, like, if I'm going to split it up, maybe watch two hours and then come back to it, watch the marine too I, I don't know but i i want to see it because i just I, I i like seeing an artist get to have their their realized vision come to life i love how he was able to come back and you know the studio backed him and did it the right way um i like how ray fisher is um hopefully is able to get justice from this or you know and also that um the fans got you know their wishes because they've been campaigning for this for like four years now.
1: Because this is all we have.
0: You know? And that's because okay. this is
1: it. This is all we have.
0: That's it. <laughs> so um yeah I will be definitely watching both. Um because after Division, I'm definitely excited to see um the boys and the um the MCU see what they're doing next. So um yeah that will be that will the be my... Yeah. Oh
1: my... shout out Hold on.
0: What are we doing? Shout right? out to
1: Yafik Kodo. RIP.
0: Oh, my goodness. He he really helped make Alien what it was for me.
1: But it's like, and I wrote about it a little bit, but just before we put the Necronomicon back on the shelf. When I started writing my thesis, the way that I started was by doing this big, like, mine into all of these films to test out the theory to see if black men really die first, right? Like I'm going to test out this cultural black association to horror to see if it's really true. And I, when I got to alien on this list is when I realized one, that black women do not exist in the alien franchise at all. Oh hell. Two, when you watch the movie, Parker is the only person in the entire film to be killed by saving someone else. Everyone else just dies. Parker is the only person who sacrifices himself to save someone else.
0: Sacrifice.
1: And he sacrificed himself to save the only other white woman on board who just so happened to be blonde, who just so happened to be petite, who also died like less than five seconds after him. Right. Because he's killed. She's so busy screaming. She She just sat there. She just
0: sat there. I'm like, Victoria Cartwright, if you don't pick your legs up and get And get to
1: moving. So, when I was, and that's basically what what I was doing was I was writing, okay, this is the black character. This is when he appears on screen, this is when he dies to time out how long it took just to get like an average, right? But when I realized that there were no black women in Alien, I was like, isn't that interesting that even though Parker was in the lowest position on this ship as like an engineer, how much education and skill and intelligence you still have to have to do that job? So it was like, it's, it's cool that to be in an environment where a black person is perceived to be that smart, but why can't a black woman exist in this, in this universe, in this situation?
0: Yeah. If they do another alien film. Let's get a Black woman in there. I we mean, not do Alien I, I know we had, I know we had Sanaa Lathan in um, Alien vs. Predator, but I mean, like, specifically an Alien film. And I think they, if 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 they, listen, okay, this is going to run on too long. I need to say this really quickly, but I enjoyed Alien Covenant. Um, uh, Prometheus is fun, but they were originally going to do um, Neil's Alien, which was going to pick off, pick up directly from aliens, Mm. but that they, 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 that didn't materialize. It dissolved, and I'm really sad. That would have been
1: better because it would have been like a Halloween situation.
0: Yeah, that would have been. Oh my god, and and it would have been so good. Like whatever happened to New? Like we would have been because they. Oh, Alien Three, how they did. Oh, they just, they were just like she's dead, she's gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We gon' we gonna put Ripley on a planet with all men. You know, we just
1: we're just gonna patriarchy. Get it back
0: was, together. But, yeah,
1: that's all I wanted to
0: say. Um, yep. And then, I'm sorry, it wasn't Victoria Cartwright. Veronica Cartwright. That's her. That's the actress's name. But Sigourney Weaver did a really beautiful tribute. She said, Rest in peace, Parker, over and out, Ripley. I cold dead heart oh I feel the feels oh my god i just yeah he was really one of my favorite characters in alien and it just i really loved how again he wasn't the first to die but he was definitely one of the most i would say dynamic characters like he yes. was very necessary for the plot he was he definitely was not a throwaway character right um so i just want to thank um yeah fit for, for what he's done to whore, <laughs> um, and may he rest in peace. So the Nagadam we are closing it, putting back putting back on the shelf. And um, today, we're um, switching things up a little bit. Uh, we we kind of we were kind of back there because we were talking about Gustav's Sorry in the Dark. This is in the same um, same era, same era. time era. Um, and we mentioned it briefly um, last week, so I thought it'd be fun. To do a movie called Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Insert soundtrack here. Oh yeah, that. Let's just talk about that song. That song. Which one? There were there were two. Which one? Which one's your favorite?
1: Um, the Terror Time. Is that what it's called? Terror time again. Yes. Na na na. No, I got you. Same. I got you. Because I was like, because, you know, I was watching it when I was watching it But no, it, again. it was
0: by Sky Cycle. Yeah. yeah. It's Terry time again, and The Ghost is Here. I think I like The Ghost is Here a little better, because it had a more like, you know, spooky night. Oh, no, no. no that's like. the one. You know? Yeah, that was my jam. Like... Let's just—the uh, soundtrack was so much fun, first of all, and um, the movie was just because before then, you know, and Scooby-Doo is like a very old cartoon, like from like the '60s. So, you know, you're used to that format. But then, and this is 1998 when it comes out, yeah. Um, so when it when when it, when you're watching for the first first time, the animation is like updated. It's more vibrant. I would say more polished. The characters just look like in nineteen ninety-eight, they just looked so like ugh, you know?
1: They looked uh, updated, they did, because yes. like, Fred's ascot was gone, but right, he was still very of, much Fred. Right. The only characters whose clothes have not changed are it's Velma and Shaggy's.
0: Velmas and, and Shaggy's Shaggy. Shaggy are the same. Daphne was um had more like um well in, in I'm a reporter. In the you know, in hi, I'm Gail Weathers. But, <laughs> Uh, not gail weathers um and you know she had on on her tt pink lip you know um it was just i just love how the animation was updated i love the soundtrack again and the fact that this time the monsters were actually real
1: it was like it was it was such a I remember watching this and it was such a big payoff.
0: Yes. Was a kid. It was such a face crack.
1: Because <laughs> I was Fred, right? I was like, yeah, no, like it's the farmer. It's the, it's the gardener. It's like, no, it's somebody's looking farmer. for the gold. It's, it's somebody's gardener. <laughs> dressed up like a, and then when that zombie's head popped off, I was like, oh, snap.
0: <laughs> the up, the this t- is real. The whole time when she, when Daphne was like, it feels like real skin. Definitely gave me flashbacks to the Haunted Mask. Yeah. When they're trying to take off the mask and just like, it's no, this is skin like Carly, bet that's your face, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but let's, let's rewind. Let's get into the logistics. So Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island was written by Glenn Leopold. Um, and the story was by him and Davis Doy, And it was directed by a Jim Stinstrom. So this movie was the first in a long line of um, direct-to-video Scooby-Doo movies, and this came out in fall of 1998. So it premiered um, around Halloween time, and um, I don't know. It was just it was just such a fun watch because you're watching these characters like when you're a kid, you don't really eras or or time frames don't really have weight art? they don't exist to you but you could tell when you watch this movie it was different because again like the modernization of the clothes and how much realism was injected to it because again they split up yeah the split up they grew movie. up
1: it was so weird and i appreciate like because we were talking last week about a formula right and yeah. how some movies are formulaic and this i think is a really good example of that because it gave you the 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 information you needed, right? The familiarity. This is Gooby-Doo. This is the gang. This is what we do. This is what we've been doing, right? This is what you remember. And then when it pulls out to Daphne being interviewed by a Black woman, mind you.
0: Yes, Chris. Yes. A Black woman talk show host. I loved it. I loved it.
1: So when we pull out and then we get all the expository information that we don't need to see as an as a grown up i'm like this is such a really nice way I think to they tell did us what happened yes.
0: excellent job excellent cuz there job. wasn't
1: there wasn't any wasted moment of like explaining or whatever and it was nice the way that that they connected it all because like scooby and shaggy were watching it in the airport velma was watching it as she was on the phone selling books everyone was still
0: Connected. Involved, like, right, yeah.
1: connected and involved in this story, even though they were clearly in different places.
0: And then um, I think I feel like um, Scooby-Doo from the live action from 2002 got inspiration from this for what they did in that movie at the beginning, where they all split up yes. and then later, like, kind of came back together. But how they were all doing their own thing, um, which we found out when they were at the airport, like, what they had been up to.
1: But I also, just to go maybe to the left just a little bit. It's interesting being a grown-up now and reala- realizing how it's so heteronormative to say that the straight couple are the only ones that are, like, successful and fulfilled. I thought that—I I don't know. I was thinking about that today, like, because Daphne and Fred are always shipped together, right? So it's just understood that they are, like, a romantic thing, whether yeah, they're, they're dating a or not.
0: they're package, yeah.
1: And they are the only two out of the group that found a stable career found success found fame whatever it is meanwhile belma is miserable in a bookshop because she is single and alone and goopy <sighs> <Scooby laughs> and shaggy are basically transient individuals floating from job to job because they are single and alone <sighs>
0: Yeah, Scooby and Shaggy were TSA agents. Velma owned a Dinkley mystery bookshop. So that was her bookstore because her name was on it. But, but yeah, what she didn't you sound think? happy.
1: Right, yeah. and I was like, I would love to, like, that's so cool to, like, own a bookstore and, like, do the things. But it, it really made it seem like this dingy... Lonely
0: life, yeah. I
1: don't see the sun
0: <laughs> situation. But, but Daphne didn't seem fulfilled either because aside from, like, not not um finding like you know what she was looking for with like actual huntings or you know real supernatural whatever um she seemed like down about not having her crew and which is what fred picked up on and which is why he called everyone back together which i thought was a really sweet gesture yeah um but yeah as a kid it was just really strange to see these people who we've seen always together like in and out like split up even if it was briefly but it was so weird to see like they have different lives outside of this mm-hmm. and then watching it as an adult it makes perfect sense because it's like if it's not sustainable of course they would right split up and go their separate ways like at least they all still had like incomes as as well I'm gonna say adults because I know they're referred to as kids in the series, but I don't really see Fred and De- like I don't really see like 18 or 19 year olds doing. I would say maybe they were like early 20s. No,
1: they were probably mid. They probably our age.
0: That would also make sense too. Yeah, like 20. I'm the cusp of 30. 27 to 29. Yeah, that would make sense. But it was nice to see like um, them outside of the regular mystery solving shtick. You know, like, what are there? and I I really, I loved how the film was able to add, like, that dose of realism. Because as a kid, that was, like, phenomenal. It was, like, wow.
1: It was, like, you ever see your teacher outside of school for the first time? Yeah,
0: oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: Like, bro, what are you doing here? Go back to class.
0: To quote Mean Girls, I love seeing a teacher outside of school. It's like seeing a dog walk on its hind legs. (laughs) (laughs) Like so, yeah. This is very, this is very different because the movie opens. It sets us up. It opens up with like them in a castle and them getting, you know, the classic chase scene. Nostalgia. With Scoobito, yeah, with it the, relied
1: on nostalgia. Yeah,
0: with the Scooby Doo theme song. Then it subverted that by having them split up, but then it brought it back together by having them come together to help out Daphne, who is really determined to go on this like cross country tour for her show trying to find ghosts and so with Daphne that's her whole thing she's a reporter but she's the reporter for like the supernatural she was like ghost hunters before ghost, ghost hunters. hunters was the thing um and for me it was just like it was a real testament to because I just I watch it as adult now it's just like what is what is up with white people and their obsession with the supernatural, like poking it, going in it, finding it out, exploring it, um, blowing it up, like airing it down. you know, just like it just reminded me of paranormal activity when Mika brought that goddamn Ouija board home after Katie was not with the shits. And it's just like Daphne, why are you playing with the Ouija board? <laughs> why are you like, why are you poking the snake? Do you not understand it bites? Like, what are you doing? So Daphne really trying to cause there was a line she said. Um, after like they're in the the they're like in the they're about to get got you know and she's like oh and she's is,
1: like this is this is more than I wanted yeah she's like this is more hunted stuff than, than I really wanted, wanted. and yeah. it's like
0: see like if fuck around and find out was a person girl
1: but I was gonna say because I recently watched the Gojunham Hunted Asylum the South Korean joint mm-hmm. and it's very much in the vein of we're ghost hunters and we need to find real ghosts. And then you find the real ghost and you realize that these ghosts ain't nothing to mess with. Right.
0: Like grave encounters from 2011.
1: Yes. And like, yeah. Witch, and, yeah. and that's yeah. why I, I wanted to say formulaic in the beginning, because as a grown up, you can see that this was like, this is set. <laughs> like we're, we're going to talk about this whole idea of when you go searching for something that you really don't want to find and then you find it. And then how do you deal with it? And yeah. I get that because this is like a kid's story, right? Like it, it, of course, we have a happy ending because Scooby-Doo always has a happy ending. Yeah. Um, But I, I appreciate that there was that nod to this horror formula of the supernatural and, like, ghost hunting.
0: Yeah. And how serious it became. Because when all them zombies are coming out and then you find out what's the real tea and just, like, Scooby and Shaggy were about to die, like, yay. Yeah. Listen, it was, it was the real deal. So um they they reunite on daphne's birthday as a as like a surprise and like this girl was working so hard she forgot her own birthday it happened my goodness um and so then you know they do the montage sequence and that's where we have our you know it's a scary night you know (laughs) that's our (laughs) song and i i mel i have watched this movie so much as a kid i still remember when they have the commercial breaks I still remember the exact moments where they would have the commercial breaks. It's the same with the Mummy when it used to air on AMC. Like, girl, I remember.
1: <laughs> so you can remember that because I'm a bougie hoe. I had it on VHS. There was never any commercials for me.
0: Wow. So fuck my drag, right? Okay. Okay. I'm
1: like very intact right
0: I'll now. I'll just, I'll just sashay away.
1: Like I was out the gate, videotape. (laughs) What is the commercial? (laughs) I would be,
0: I would be that girl waiting for it to air on the Cartoon Network and being excited when it did. But um, yeah, so you know, they and they finally, so after catching so many men are and women in masks, Daphne is on the verge of giving up, like giving up the ghost, so to speak. And that's when they they get down to New Orleans and they run to Delina Dupree. But yeah, it was just interesting to have like um, different. Like we were in a different um environment here. Uh, we were like you know in louis in New Orleans, Louisiana, so we're getting um like the dialect, the diction, like Jim Cummings, who voiced um jack uh or Jack, did a phenomenal job because his range and voice I mean this is the same guy who voiced Tigger Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. like y'all, and if we're it- gonna talk
1: about range, mark.
0: Hamill was in this same movie. Um, he played the um,
1: Snake Eyes.
0: Yeah, the one who was after um Big Mona, <laughs> the catfish man. Uh, and so the voice cast is great. And so they meet Lena, who said, who overhears and says, you know, actually, like the house I work for is on it. Y'all should come check it out. You know, which
1: first of all. <laughs> need scooby and shaggy to get some black friends okay i'm sorry go where oh go who go they're with where be, they're
0: gonna be like we gonna catch go a hotel who? in the city we gonna stay right here with all this good food thank you
1: in a, in a location where i don't need a ferryman to take me back
0: <laughs> right i'm not
1: getting trapped on your island like i'm good
0: I'm also good. Th- i think this is the first I think this is the first thing I watched where I was introduced to what a fairy was, and I still have not been on one. I haven't caught the one in, like... um, You
1: haven't caught like the... the You've never been to, like, Governor's Island? No. Oh. There's a... Oh, there is a New Jersey ferry. I
0: haven't, I haven't gone. i i, I I've, I've, I've wanted to, but then also, you know, the pandemic happened, and I just could never find the time outside of work. You know, it just. But one of these days, I will hop on a ferry. But I hear it gets very cold. But I will layer up because I'm from Colorado. I know how to do that. But um, it. Yeah, I need to get on the ferry. But yeah, that was the they. T- they caught the ferry. So oh wait, his stranded name was
1: snake bite not snake eyes.
0: Okay, so snake bite. Um, but-
1: my was also the airport dude. Yeah. I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, the versatility is everywhere. So like y'all get on this island that you're now stranded on, because you know, the ferry. Um, there was just a lot of thinking that did not happen that should have. And you know, then when they get to the island, things get crazy. And all this happens again in a single night.
1: Don't you love it?
0: This movie is only an hour and sixteen minutes, so it wastes no time. This only and it, 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 I think it's a the 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 progression I think was evenly paced. nothing seemed too rushed. nothing seemed too slow. I think it was just right.
1: <laughs> I agree.
0: So yeah, I just I really love this movie. it just it answers a lot of like it's it's a true horror comedy. Um, it is, is truly funny, especially as an adult. And as a kid, it was genuinely scary because, um, like, the animation of when um, the zombies are being reanimated.
1: Oh, with that green.
0: And, like, the, the sound, like, the, the yeah. where it's, like, the, the mixed voices. I love that. Like, the first time Scooby and Shaggy were down in that hole and, like, they were watching it come alive. And they just did that shot of, like, the close-up. On Shaggy it's and Scooby's cool. eyes widening in fear. I love that. I love that. So I want to get into um, first thing the backstory of Moonscar Island, which I think will explain like exactly how dire and evil um, the situation was. Because I'm, you know, watching as an adult, you understand a lot of stuff more. And so watching, it, I was just like, wow, this is actually really fucked up. What they are doing here, yeah. So, in a in a really great flashback sequence, um, Simone and Lena tell the story of how you know everything came to be on their island. So they were a part of a group of were were they like settlers? Um,
1: That's what they want you to think because this is also like a bajillion million years ago. So I don't know if they were like well, because they but they were dressed kind of like pilgrims in a sense.
0: Yeah, and so she said, and this had happened two hundred years ago. So they, you know, they're having like a little harvest festival. Everything's fine and dandy when pirates decide to crash the party, um, so they they can essentially take over the island, but also bury their treasure. Instead of you know using their words and talking things out, they straight up trash the party.
1: Hold on, wait a minute. Did you just say instead of a pirate using his words?
0: I just where was diplomacy? You just... know, diplomacy,
1: I'm a pirate. Uh, I... Get out. <laughs> oh. Get out.
0: So rude. All they do is pillage. It's mine now. Under. <laughs> right.
1: So. <laughs> I don't know what you thought was happening. Forget your table. Okay. You little dinner. Over.
0: He said, fuck your couch. Yeah. that's All of good. it. So.
1: I'm the captain now.
0: Oh, no. My goodness. So, he. So, Moonscar and his pirates chase the settlers except for lena and simone who hid they, they chase them into the bayou where we see them surrounded by crocodiles or were they alligators
1: no they were cro- i don't know
0: i always get the two mixed up mel Oh no, um alligators. They yeah. were alligators. Thank you so much. This is not Lake Placid. Um so <laughs> yeah, so they get eaten up, the this the rest of the settlers and Simone and Lena that when, when they do the harvest, they like they had they pray to a cat god. So they go to the cat god for you know help, for guidance, for you know, revenge. The cat god is like, Bet, here you go. Fuck 'em up, sis. Do your worst. But the consequence of that <laughs> is that now they are cursed and in order to not die and retain their immortality they have to drain people like the life force from people so after and also I love how they were they subverted the typical werewolf dog thing and made them wear cats I love how cats were like well, because it's
1: very well I, it, it's a riff off of the cat people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which
1: I would like when I, when I became an adult and I and I watched Cat People, I was like, oh, that's where they got this from.
0: Heard. <laughs> so the Cat People, the Wear Cats. So Lena and Simone are like, we don't want to die yet, so we gonna keep this up and more people move on the island spice traders came to the island they started a um pepper plantation which did very well i think this is how lena and simone got their house and stuff and so of course lena and simone kill the spice traders, I think, take over the business, become very lucrative, um, and then still manage to lure or get people to come to the island to further d- drain them on the Harvest Moon. They've been doing this for 200 years. When the zombies all come out, there are tourists. I think I saw a flapper girl. There are um, ar- um, army men. Like yeah, General because Ch- the
1: Confederate soldiers.
0: Yeah, Confederate soldiers got drained. Like everybody was free game. And Lena is over here using like her charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent to bring the girls <laughs> to the island to get bring drained.
1: Back my girls, girls.
0: <laughs> to be drained to sustain their immortality. And why I think as an adult that was so dark was because Lena and Simone got their goddamn revenge. Y'all, it should have just been that. And y'all knew it was a two-way, like you, you knew nothing like that was going to be free. So why are you surprised that there is a drawback? But instead of, you know, you know, all, all your people died, okay? You got revenge. You murked the pirates. Now y'all could have just went, in dust and peace, but now you're like, you what know you, what?
1: wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> First of all, oh. right. I like everything was emotionally charged, right? Homegirl was crying, praying to the, to the God, blah, 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 whatever. God was like, all right. it was very like Roman Greek mythology. Like, okay, you can ask for this, but then I'm going to turn your face into stone, but it, it'll be fine. And then I don't think that they realized until, later that they like couldn't die i don't know that is the one thing that i am fuzzy on like how did you figure out that you have to drain the life force from another person like you don't have a winifred sanderson spell book to tell you <laughs> that there there's a history of your kind that does this for a living like who taught you how to do this is my question did the god maybe, maybe to i was
0: gonna say maybe the cat god did you know Maybe maybe it did. But my thing is, y'all, they got they got they became it became more than revenge. It just became pure evil because y'all did what needed to be done. But here y'all are still here doing extra shit like just just die. Go in peace. I'm not dying.
1: No, if I if, if my whole entire way of village tribe, I don't know what they call themselves, was killed. By an ugly pirate with a moon scar, and then I get the power to kill him, please. I'm
0: but you okay? But you murked. Yeah, and I you will mark again,
1: and I will do it again
0: to people who ain't even have shit to do. But one went on. Mm-hmm.
1: You and step on my island. You have forfeited your life to my whims. Thank you so much.
0: What happened to diplomacy? Ain't no diplomacy is my island. What you mean? Oh my god! There is no talking to. <laughs> Lauren, (laughs) the cat god or pirates? My goodness. (laughs) So that's the part that got me because you're just seeing like the extent of their evil because you see all these different people who are not at rest because they have been... For, their life force has been forcibly taken from them and they've just been discarded their bones buried on uh, nobody knows people who back home and have no idea what happened to them
1: you went and, to New Orleans and you had a good time
0: and never came back
1: mm-hmm. that's how good of a time you had
0: oh hell no <laughs> not in this life so
1: but because and I think that's the other thing too because if they were really 200 years old then I'm okay you killed a pirates You feel fulfilled, right? Because you killed my people. I killed you. We're even in biblical terms. Then you realize, okay, we have to do this again. I'm sure the first time that they killed an innocent person, maybe they felt bad. I don't know. (laughs) But when I think when you get into a rhythm of you have to do this to survive, then you it it stops being important. And I think that was the thing I took away from it when I got a little bit older. It's like it's crazy to see how desensitized you can get to to something. Or to an act that is that violent once it's become not a big deal to you anymore.
0: Yeah. Cause they were very like at, by 200 years, they were professionals. And like if you, if you rewatch, if you rewatch it back after knowing like what is, what's happening and what they're about, like they're just, they're very good at it. Even down to uh Jacques, because, and this is, I think, this also adds to why the, they made that type of decision to continue because they recruited Jacques because they needed transportation to get people to the island mm-hmm. and they made a deal with him because he wanted immortality. So she's like, he wanted the old man wanted immortality, so we gave it to him. And that was the commercial break right there <laughs> after she said that line and pointed at the moon dial. Commercial break, yeah, it was just, I. I was just really like damn these are some like evil people and it just and it made that and it made the movie that much darker for me because then you realize all the zombies on the island are actually trying to warn the gang
1: Something else interesting too is that when you think about all of the people that they did suspect and I and this is why I appreciate oh, I wrote movie this so down much more. I
0: wrote this the fuck down say it
1: because everybody they suspected was a man they thought it was the gardener. They thought it was some random the guy Gardner. they had never seen. They thought it was Jacques. They thought it was snake bite. Not once did they suspect these two women. That's Not how, once. That's, how,
0: that's <laughs> how femininity can be used as a weapon.
1: And and it's just so it's because I and I don't even know why I decided to read this, but I have the white femininity. women, right? And I picked up the monstrous feminine this morning, and I was. Reading it again by Barbara Creed, and it's this whole breakdown of how historically, when people talk about horror and write about horror, they write about women as the victim, right? But there is such this there's this large sect of femininity as a monstrous thing, right? Because when you talk about Alien, the ship was a womb, and when you break all of that stuff down, you were afraid of the feminine, so so much, that it became a monstrous situation. And I think that in this circumstance, if you talk about this as a way of like, what is it? Never a woman scorned? What is the quote? Like a a woman scorned. Right. If you take a woman's emotion as her, as the part of her femininity, and then turn it into a monstrous thing. I think That's that nice this it. is how we get to the cat people. Because in the original version of the cat people, they didn't. The women didn't turn into cats unless they were aroused, right? So now you've taken a woman's sexuality and turned it into a monster. And I think that this is a is a child friendly version of that idea. And you take a woman's emotion and have it turn her into a monster.
0: And with the and with the um, the. The sexuality aspect. Um, Fred would have never suspected Lena because he was infatuated with her.
1: Right, she was a damsel in distress.
0: Like you said, but Velma was hip to the bullshit. You said Simone was dragged away. Hmm. Look at these goddamn heel prints right here. <laughs> right, hey, ain't nobody dragged. And that's why they would never suspect Lena or Simone because um, they would they they were they were projecting themselves as the victims in this case. And then yeah. for me. I was looking at it from everybody they thought it was including like the zombies were people who were actually innocent and on their side inherently Um, like how Velma (laughs) Bo the gardener saved her ass from walking straight into quicksand and she said you're still a suspect (laughs) I'm still on to you like you may have just just saved my life but I don't give a shit I still don't trust you (laughs) I was just like, I damn, Philba. Can,
1: that is the one thing I didn't like. Right? How are we just go flip it? He a detective in the end. That doesn't make any sense.
0: I was I was undercover for months trying to find out what happened here. What? And he and he actually seemed to love his gardening job, which I thought was so funny because he would get so mad, get he big mad, so mad when they when Scooby messed up his um all his flowers and stuff. But. um uh, and then also how Velma went from <laughs> like not trust him and like being a hater to at the end being. I like,
1: love detective stories.
0: <laughs> just like, I mean, same. Get yours, Velma. He was cute, but you know, also, <laughs> girl, let's not. Damn, you look like a fool right now. But yeah, Bo the gardener. Um, they thought it was. Um, who else didn't they trust? Snakebite, who had nothing to do with anything. He was just really after. And Uh, if
1: you think about it, Snakebite was trying to get them to leave too. He's like, You stupid Taurus, leave my bayou. Leave. Get out right now. It's the end of you and me.
0: Different. Oh, God.
1: It's too late. And I can't can't wait wait. for you to be gone. Be gone.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) A hit, let me tell you. A hit. (laughs) JoJo, she is the one. Um, But yes, so. I just thought it really funny that everyone they acu- – like, it was really taking their – but, I mean, this happens in the show, too, right? Where the person they suspect or what they suspect is not what it the is. The MacGuffins. Yeah, so they-, they kept up that subversion. You
1: mean to tell me it wasn't the obvious Crip Keeper? Oh, no. It was Mr. Bagabond, the executive. He was trying to run the neighborhood prices down to get the people out so he could build luxury condos. And I'd have gotten away with it, too. It wasn't for you meddling kids.
0: Gentrification, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the real villain here. But um, (laughs) in the beginning of the movie, uh, they had a very similar because uh, he was in the basement of the castle. He was printing out counterfeit money.
1: Yeah, and what they thought was mold was really printing ink. Printing ink, green,
0: yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm just like they took that subversion, I think they did it very well. But it just it really made things harder for the gang because they weren't opening themselves up to the possibility that it could be the complete opposite. And like with the with it was like it felt for me, it was almost like a saw trap, you know? Like Mm. how like how in Saw Five jigsaw tells um the five players that your instincts will tell you to do one thing i implore you to do the opposite so it's like in that scene in the kitchen which is one of the best scenes in the movie i think when daphne is our first shaggy and scooby are in there then they then the writing appears on the wall no destiny's child and (laughs) and then they come in and freddie is filming Daphne and she's like did somebody open a window and then when they look back it has the word beware under the words get out and it's like Morgan Moonscar even though he did his fucked up shit okay because he's he's really not a victim here that is one thing I want to make clear like yeah you got drained you kind of deserved it, though. But you deserved it. Like you chased. Innocent like we people. was trying to eat dinner. But they was eating. They you was broke vibing. my table. There was vibing. This is of, like
1: 1872. It took me three months to make that table.
0: It was vibing to Frankie Beverly and Mays. You know, about to do the electric slide, and then you come in and you break chop my table. tables. You broke. You broke my table. You broke my table. I, I and I spent hours cooking those rolls. They probably From didn't even scratch. have phones back then. I don't know, so <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. So, um, yeah, you chased my people into the bayou where the gators ate them, and yeah. So, Morgan Moonscar and his crew were not innocent.
1: But you know what? I'm sorry. I I appreciate the fact though that it wasn't like a like a James Bond. Yes, I have sharks with lasers, and they're going to kill you. Goodbye, <laughs> and then you can escape. Like. His little Why? pirate crew really stood there And watched them get eaten <laughs> That's really awful But like I commend y'all For seeing
0: this through to the end Wow Wow Mel Wow Mel <laughs> Wow it's, It takes commitment
1: You gotta come back to him and be like Yeah no they're really dead He was
0: probably like pasty one in rolls We don't have a show Dinner and show <laughs> That's oh that's terrible But yeah so Morgan moonscar was not innocent, but here he is trying to warn people from
1: the meeting face. the
0: same fate he did, which I thought was really unique, how they're trying to... I don't think they were trying to turn him into, like, a hero necessarily, but it was it was weird how they were, like, humanizing him in a way.
1: Yeah. But, yeah.
0: Because, yeah. like, he even said... Um, no, he didn't say thank you. Um
1: the, the Confederate the, soldiers the said that. The did. Which is also strange, because why are we feeling bad for dead Confederate soldiers? Y'all were fighting for slavery. You, too, deserve to be drained.
0: <laughs> I need it on a shirt. You, too, deserve to be drained. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So, it was really, um, because... When do you see the perceived enemy actually trying to help out, you know? But it's like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's what that was. But we didn't find out until like the very end. But I like how when you go back and watch it, it still all adds up Like with the notes, with the fact that none of the zombies were actually trying to hurt them them. it was just they were just you know moaning walking towards them and shit but nobody was like doing things windmilling or trying to but you know nobody was yelling brains even even the one zombie who got his head ripped off wasn't all he did
1: was put it back on
0: yeah he didn't knock fred's muffin cap back blue like he should have like you didn't rip my head off and pulled my face disrespectful um so that was really noteworthy to me to see in the movie and then Another thing I wanted to talk about was like what made this movie so scary was like the instances of paranormal activity. Like all the all like the different like kind of, kind of hauntings, like from the writing on the wall, uh Velma levitating, um, the reanimation the of voodoo. the zombies. Oh yeah, the voodoo wax dolls. The sacred
1: torture chamber. and the chamber. transformations.
0: Ooh, those transformations. They that were really good. Really, really. And that, that's another thing about the animation at that time, like 1998. After seeing again, you know the animation from the 60s, you're used to it. But then you see this in 1998, and that transformation where the clothes are ripping and like the fur, like mm-hmm. the heels burst because mm-hmm. the feet like we got too the...
1: big, and they had haunches. And yep,
0: our uh, Jacques, our Jack's uh, transformation
1: it was so out of nowhere.
0: My God, and that oh my God, so. Terrifying kind of, at that I'm, age, I'm,
1: yes. I'm conflicted about Jacques because, like, Jacques part of me wishes he was black because he fits that he like magical the Negro. Voice,
0: the voice was stay had away a lot from the
1: Bayou thing.
0: Jim Cummings injected a lot of uh seasoning in that voice, I think,
1: but I'm glad that he was not. But it would have made. I think it would have made more like because I think that's the other weird thing. Like, how are we in Louisiana and, and we didn't no see an area black person? Yeah, I thought it was weird. But who am I? I
0: and I think yeah. If if there if there was one person, they could it would either been a or it could have really been anyone. They could all been black. Um, but Jacques or am I say it again. is it Jacques or Jacques? say that again? Jacques. Jacques. Um, I could definitely have seen him as being yeah or what if if it was (laughs) Bo, then we would have had a black man as like a cop
1: that would have been nice and it also would have played into stereotypes like him being a gardener him being scary him being short-tempered
0: oh i said let's not do that that's yeah you're right that would be
1: there's there's problems all around
0: oh god so there's no we can't win (laughs) 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 we can't win but um I just, yeah, I just thought the movie was very, like, how it really took that monsters are real aspect. But do
1: you know about the production behind this movie?
0: I'm scared. Was it bad? Was it no. messy?
1: So Scooby-Doo had been around since 1969, right? And this movie came after a pup named Scooby-Doo. Do you remember that TV show?
0: Of course I do. You the little cute little My theme song? My goodness.
1: So it, people got tired of it. Right? Red herring. <laughs> <laughs> and it like Scooby Doo like dropped off of Saturday morning cartoons. They weren't getting a lot of ratings. Blah blah blah.
0: Oh, so this is like um, a, a revitalization.
1: Mm-mm. Well, oh. kind of. So they got the production crew together, and the so the writer Glenn Leopold had been with the franchise forever, mm-hmm. forever. But the team, the rest of the team, assembled were people who worked on the SWAT cat show Mm. and the Johnny quest show.
0: Oh, that's a throwback Johnny. Quest.
1: So keep that in mind as I go on the rest of this story, they, the studio was like, okay, y'all can make it, whatever. It's not doing well anyway, have fun. So they weren't like on their backs about what it was going to be. Oh, the studio so basically they got like
0: creative freedom. Complete hey! creative
1: freedom to do whatever they wanted, basically, because the studio didn't think that this was going to do any better than a pup named Scooby Doo and that weird Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo buddy show thing that they did. <laughs> so a lot of the script was recycled from an unused SWAT Cats episode, The Curse of. Cataluna was basically the idea so I think that and this cat people thing floating around and then Scooby-Doo screenwriter who's been there forever merged all this together and because somebody was like well no like the ghost can't be real because that's not what Scooby-Doo is. Scooby-Doo is really easy you fit you see it you figure it out it's over but then the screenwriter was like that's not going to work for an hour that's boring like whatever and one of the animators was like well why can't you do both and then Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island was born
0: it's really cool and it and how you said that's boring that you go, you can't do that for an hour it it makes me think of this line that Daphne said like really guys can't you accept that there are some mysteries with no rational explanation and how this whole time are that their whole thing their whole thing especially Velma, is trying to crack these cases open with logic. Yeah. And, and then what do you do when you get to something where logic no longer applies, where it can't be explained? That's when you have this, this, all everything that happened on <laughs> zombie Island. And I so I like how Glenn was able to use this 76 minutes to wait. Yes, to really like take us from what we're used to to a whole new
1: world. Uh, A whole new new? chance to see. (laughs) Oh.
0: The lyrics, they were, they're fuddled in my mind. But um, to new, to Aladdin is in
1: my top five Disney, and it's not five. Number one? No, it's Hercules and Aladdin are tied for the number one spot.
0: Okay. That's fair. Um, which is I,
1: controversial because most people say Lion King, but Lion King is not my number one.
0: Lion King is like one of those ones where it's just like, it's like ubiquitous. It's just, you know, but it, it hey, anyway. Um, so he takes us from, you know, the formulaic, what we're used to putting us on this island to where we're gradually finding out, oh, snap, this shit is real. And then to the final part, which is where, oh, the zombies aren't evil. It's these wear cats. Like, there's not
1: a- the word we're gonna use. You said it once. I didn't think you were gonna continue to say wear cat.
0: The wear cats. <laughs> okay, that's what's happening here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I just I think that was just so fun how they were they weren't in their they were out of their element there, um, like. Scooby and Shaggy stay scared, but it was really when somebody has to. Somebody it was re- to sense. <laughs> it was really when it was when Daphne, Fred, and Velma were like, "Oh shit, we are in trouble." <laughs> like we are. Wait, in isn't Daphne. that
1: whack? Isn't that like slightly gaslighting somebody? If your friend that you've known since you were a kid comes to you and is like, "I saw some spooky shit," and you're like, "Yeah, okay, that's fine." Here's some food. Here's a sandwich. Go away.
0: Because they were try, they were busy. Stay trying to use. Well, Daphne was, you know, she wanted to believe it, but Velma and Fred were trying to use like a like. Mm, I don't, you know, is there is a projector, a smoke and mirrors? What's going on here? When that's not, when that doesn't fly. So, but I do love how they were able to adapt so quickly. Um, like when it came to the voodoo wax dolls, like how Simone had Daphne's hair. Was in hers. Velma's uh, glasses cleaning cloth was in hers. Um, I think they took Fred part of Fred's ascot for mm-hmm. his. And the fact, and this is such shade, the fact that they didn't even <laughs> deem Shaggy and Scooby Rex enough. enough to make their own dolls. They're like those those oafs. Oh please! When it turned okay, out and when and those when those came in and exactly bowled you over. So. Um, and I thought that was a really fun scene how like they were able to use their own magic against them and how we it was revealed that Bo was on their side. They had like, you know, and th- he was doing his own private investigation, which they interrupted. Right, uh,
1: yeah, I'd have been mad. I've been here for six months.
0: <laughs> I think and that's
1: very all come.
0: Th- I think that's another reason why he was so like territorial because it's just like, hey, like I'm I'm working here. Who are you people? <laughs> um yeah, I just I think that was a really fun component like the supernatural um happenings that they had and again the reanimations like that with the green with the green light with the um the 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 sound effects like the score yeah. like the the what the mixed voices and the you know i thought that was really cool
1: you know what i just had a, a thought about because we had talked well I, we had talked about like greek mythology just a little bit and i'm like this could be a really big metaphor for like the underworld in a way right because if you think of the ferryman as the ferryman
0: Ooh. and then the bayou is the river Styx, Ooh. and
1: then this island in and of itself that where death is a living moving entity they like went to find Persephone, and then came out of it alive.
0: So they vanquished Hades,
1: in a way. Okay,
0: they put out his flaming hair. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay, no, that's a really good. I,
1: I, it might be a subject. stretch. I had just thought about it because, like, but the it, wor- fairy it, it, works, it works though
0: with the ferryman. It does work. Um, what else did I want to mention? Let me check the notes. Um, oh, I just wanted to say. Fred's line about trying to, again, trying to rationalize the supernatural, trying to rationalize the zombie, where he said, it must be animatronic. I said, (laughs) I said, girl, this ain't Jurassic Park.
1: They tried. They tried. I think it's also important to note that this, the franchise had introduced, like, quote unquote, real things before. Like, in the 80s, there was an episode where Shaggy was abducted by aliens that were, like, actual aliens. Mm. And then there was another episode where Shaggy and Scooby spent the night at a castle with, like, real vampires. Ah. Like, they tried it before, but only in, like, the 30-minute episodes.
0: So So it was interesting to have it as a feature. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: And I I think think those are episodes, too, that nobody really remembers.
0: I, I don't. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry I don't but I do love the series and I love the the movies um, but this one was just like really fun as a child because it was effective in the horror aspect and as an, as an adult it's just fun to watch because nostalgia of course mm. but you understand a lot of things and you I think you gain um, a deeper appreciation for what the movie managed to do to the series, which is like breathe new life into it. Cause as you said, like it had been taken off of programming and people. And then the, the, the studio or whatever were, were like done with it. So they just gave them the keys, but they turned it out.
1: Because you have to think about the positioning of it too, because it was the gang. And then for a lot of like the eighties and maybe the early nineties, it was just shaggy scooby and scrappy for a really long time because i remember like scooby and and shaggy were like off teaching uh uh god do you remember that when they were at a at a school for girls and it was like frankenstein's daughter
0: yes oh my god yeah and and, and shaggy (laughs) was wearing a a red shirt Red
1: shirt yeah I was just like, "What is this?" But so there was Ghoul School. scooby do
0: in the Ghoul School. Oh my there God! There was um,
1: Scooby and Scrappy had their own show.
0: What was and that then... one about? Like the movie Scooby Doo, and it was like a different guest every week, like a celebrity guest.
1: Oh, I don't remember that.
0: The new Scooby Doo movies.
1: Oh, I remember that.
0: It was like every every week was a a um
1: the Hanna Barbera thing. Yep.
0: It was like I think it was like a new celebrity guest or something. Um yeah, each episode featured real world celebrities or well-known animated characters join the mystery Inc. gang and solving mysteries. My favorite Dick
1: Van Dyke was on it. Shunny and Sarah, Sunny and Cher were on it. I remember that.
0: My favorite one was the one with the the candy woman. Or the one where they did a candy factory. She she had brown hair. Um, the haunted the haunted candy factory. And it was um Cass Elliot. Who is that? Oh, she died a very long time ago. She died in 1974. My goodness. Oh my god. She only she was only 32. Jesus. Um took the Doctor. That's so sad. Uh she was an American-
1: We're talking about Dick Van Dyke and the Harlem Girl trying to scooby doo to somebody dying at 32 years old.
0: She was an American singer and actress, uh, who was a member of uh the Mamas and the Papas. Um, but I just really liked the episode It was really fun for me um, But yeah, new Scooby-Doo movies But yeah, this the I didn't realize at the time that this series was so um, I didn't I didn't know it was on a, it like a, It was kind of becoming The popularity had waned And the studio had like kind of Given up Yeah, but I really love how Even though they didn't really care But they like, threw their trust or Not even trust, but just like through the vehicle to Leopold and crew or like, you know, just a go crazy. And they turned it out. Like, I, I, I just, this is, this is such a big movie for nineties babies. And again, it started off like this huge um, line of Scooby-Doo to write to video movies. Like what is your, what's your favorite top three from the era for the Scooby-Doo movies?
1: What was the one where they went in the video game?
0: Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Cyber Chase, chase, honey. Oh, my God. That was... uh, The music in that one was even better than the music in this one. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's that one, this one. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Do you have three?
0: I do. Um, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. Hands, boots, the house down. Okay? Because... The
1: witch's
0: lo- ghost is a good choice because I, I love me some witches and like the whole thing with the book and and Thorn being like half wicked and like all the the pumpkins every oh my god, everything, everything that number one, um, Scooby on Zombie Island. Uh, wait, hold on, witch's ghost number one, um, Cyber Chase number two, and then. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island number 3. And then if I had a fourth, it would definitely be Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. I did not like that one.
1: My so mine is Cyber Chase, Zombie Island, The Vampire Joint.
0: Um, oh, what was that one
1: The Legend of the Vampire.
0: Ja- uh, okay.
1: And then if I had a fourth one, which is Ghost is up there though. I can't say that it's not. But if I had to pick a fourth one, it was the one where they were with Batman and the Justice League. What?
0: Mhm. I don't remember this one. Was that one of the newer ones? What year?
1: 2018.
0: Oh, see, that's why I'm only talking about like the ones from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, no,
1: I'm sorry. I I have to include it. Scooby Doo and Fred. And Velma and Daphne really helped the Justice League (laughs) figure out a mystery. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was all of like eight years old again. I was like, what?
0: What is happening? What a strange crossover. Black Canary
1: is talking to Daphne right now. I don't know what's going on.
0: (laughs) What What a unexpected crossover that is. Wow.
1: I was so excited. But then like.
0: They had a bunch like, of fun ones, though. like Chill
1: out, Scooby-Doo. The one where they were in the Alps was cool. The Goblin the, King one with all the fairies and stuff. That was
0: fun. And this one isn't a feature, but it was an episode. Or, or I think it was a short. But the one in, this is like late 90s, uh, the one they did with um, Johnny Bravo.
1: Oh, I remember that. I do.
0: But I think my favorite one would definitely be um, the Scooby-Doo Project, which is their parody of a Blair, of the Blair Witch Project that was iconic when i told you they they did that shit they did that shit um any any other things you want to say for zombie island because i feel like we have been hmm. i want
1: to address the fact that i think this is the first like g-rated thing we've ever talked about on this show we went from spell to scooby-doo and i'm not mad
0: Hey, that's that's our that's the beauty of our show. We hop around. Hey, we don't like to keep ourselves necessarily restricted. So, but
1: I want I want to just say that, like, because from the beginning, right? We always talked about how this is like a critical analysis with like spice, <laughs> and I think it's important to at least acknowledge that anything can be looked at with a critical lens. And you can find, like, the theory and the application and all of these things that we know and love in just about anything that's made.
0: Yes. No, I'm just say I just no, I like thank how, you
1: for coming to my TED talk.
0: No, I just I think <laughs> no, I like you for um like giving the people that uh like that reaffirmation of like what we're about um because it can, I feel like sometimes it can get lost can get when, lost when we yeah. The last thing I do want to mention, which I think is very important to me and a bunch of other 90s babies is the food in that movie had no business looking that good. It was like
1: anime food.
0: Had no business like that po' boy sandwich. The crawlies, um, oh, all of it. oh, my God. I, and till this day, till this day, Mel, I and don't judge me, don't don't judge my palate, don't judge my basicness, but I still have never had crawfish before. That's but, a shame. But I really but have you had
1: beignets? If you have to think about it, then the answer is no.
0: No. I have I've never been to uh wait. i am into to Louisiana, but I've never been to New Orleans. So a beignet uh,
1: will change I, your life.
0: I know it will. I know it will. Um, but yeah this this movie definitely made me want to have crawfish because the way (laughs) scooby and shaggy were um eating and things like sucking them up throwing away um it just made it look really really good the gumbo even the peppers even the peppers i wanted some um it just like um the one i would say the two things that weren't really well no the scooby ducks the because I was a kid they seemed appealing to me because Scooby and Shaggy loved them so much but the two things I would say were that were not appealing were probably the Scooby snacks as an adult and also those biscuits they were eating at dinner that looked like Scooby snacks yeah, <laughs> if you remember lot. but no the animation for the food was oh my god it just like I think as a child that's just another thing where it's like it just had no business looking that good like it reminded me of um the aristocrats are the aristocrats in that um the cracker the mouse had, oh, that yeah. he would dip it to the milk and it was just like oh my god i want that cracker give it to me just give it to me just give it give
1: it to me give it to so it. we need to do like you know five years from now we've been in the game a long time we do a, a replay episode we're gonna go to new orleans and go to cafe dumas and eat beignets and record this episode again
0: Oh my god, that would be so much fun! Gonna be looking snatched in the New Orleans humidity with our, <laughs> you know,
1: do a lot not alive but like record as we eat the beignets. Y'all will get this mouthful of beignets and this theory, this high critical theme.
0: Yeah, getting
1: powder everywhere
0: getting hit on by you know the new orleans trade you know no thank you probably not you because you have taken, but me, i don't know <laughs> i don't know what my situation will look like in five years but um you know oh
1: hello good sir let me allow me to buy you a fresh beignet
0: would that be me or no he gonna buy me exactly a this is oh, the man
1: okay. talking to you
0: thank you thank you <laughs> but hello good sir don't greet me like that <laughs> <not your> grandfather. <laughs> don't greet me like that? Do you see the fish I'm serving here? No. (laughs) You will approach me accordingly. Thank you. Like, good sir is the quickest way to get dismissed. (laughs) I'm trying to give him some class, goddammit. Jesus!
1: (laughs) I want him to be... uh... A professional man, you know. Maybe he's wearing a top hat. Maybe.
0: Oh, no, I w- I, I, I w- oh, no, I would definitely. I would. I have no qualms, skin that, but I'm just like, uh, you. You see what you, what's going on? Please approach me correctly, okay? Like, <laughs> don't let me have to teach you. Thank you. My aesthetic speaks for itself, so you respond accordingly. Thank you. This has been a PSA. Oh,
1: hello. I see you have. A beautiful Sailor Moon case. Allow me to buy you a fresh beignet, and we can talk about who the best Sailor Scout is. Is that a better approach?
0: That would, because you know it it, it touches my nerd side. So there we go, <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, so in five years, maybe even sooner, we can we could be doing this in the New Orleans. Yes,
1: I said five years because COVID, and
0: oh, you're. Right. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But okay, I I think that yeah, that has been. Um, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island Phenomenal film from the late 90s 1998 to be exact um, A big 90s baby's favorites Even for people who aren't into horror They love this movie
1: Because everybody loves Scooby-Doo
0: So good, it was so much fun Scooby-Doo and the damn cats, my goodness
1: <laughs> But you like... know Before we wrap it up My favorite line from the entire movie Oh god You and that dog Dog? dog where?
0: where? <laughs> I like uh, that running gag was very consistent was very consistent and done very well. Yeah, that and it's just and it's just so funny. It's just so funny. Like when Daphne called um when she said, "Freddie, you are so corny at the dinner table." Yeah. <laughs> um and then when um after they get chased by snake bites um boar
1: big boar Pumba thing. Where did you they- even get that?
0: I I don't know, but they in the bayou, but then they they get chased (laughs) to They have warthogs
1: in the bayou
0: Hey, They fall into the the hole and then Shaggy's like, how humiliating Chased into a hole by one third of a BLT (laughs) I was just like, wow, that's a a line that probably wouldn't have gotten me as a child But it made me giggle as as an adult Or when he said, boy, do I need a trim And he gets those scissors and, you know Starts cutting out his little goatee, no, doesn't even cut anything off. Anything and it's off? like perfect, so <laughs> 90s. I <don't> know. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is a fun one. This was a really fun one. Um, any um, final curls, final thoughts, final
1: no, I mean enjoy say? it. It's one of those things I watch again and again, like Muppets, Treasure Island. It's just a thing.
0: Oh, Muppets Treasure Island. Um,
1: We've got Cabin Fever.
0: (laughs) My favorite Muppets movie is um, Muppets from Space.
1: Oh, where Gonzo finds out he's an alien? Yes. That's so nice.
0: It is such a fun movie. It is so hilarious. I love I love how everyone was is like roommates in this big house. And um the the, the beginning with um brick house by the fucking commodores yeah. and like all the everybody's waking up and uh like the breakfast and um the showering, like just showing and it's such a crowded house too. It was it was so much fun. And I'm I love such that. a
1: sap because that that scene where Gonzo's like alone looking off into space and he's like depressed. I cry every time. Oh, no. Every stinking time. No. Because I'm just like, God, no.
0: That, yeah, Muppets Don't from Space is, is my favorite Muppets movie. Like that soundtrack, like you're a shy star, like, oh my God, the blackness. Oh, blessed be. Um, And then it's just it's just such a humorous movie. Because that's a meta
1: read of what happened. Because Gonzo was this thingamajig his whole life because he was with these Muppet people, right? And the only other black Muppets are Ralph the Dog and Dr. Teeth, right? So, but you don't hang out with Ralph and Dr. Teeth. You hanging out with Kermit and Piggy and like all like the white characters. So now you're like, oh, who am I? What am I? Where do I belong? And all these black people come from space and be like, what's up?
0: <laughs> and then Rizzo's whole uh rat rebellion in the lab. <laughs> oh my God. I just I love that move. All right. Well, uh I think that's it. Uh I, I hope everyone has been stimulated. And if you're still waiting, um, I hope that it comes in for you soon. Cause I know things like well, Spargo be taken forever, but you know. <laughs> um, hang in there. I hope everyone has a oh, I almost said good weekend. Lord, this is not going premiere. Then it's gone from here. I just hope everyone has a good week, a good day, and um, oh, happy spring! Sure, because it's it'll be spring by the time this comes out. Sure. What you ain't happy about the flowers blooming? You ain't happy I feel about like spring? The,
1: long, look, the dog. she's she not happy? That she's like spring? What? It's cold.
0: I tried, people. I tried. Y'all take care. <laughs> Say bye to the people, ma'am.
1: Bye to the people.
0: <laughs> oh the ghost is here, it's a frightening task to face our fears and the creep in the mask. Until the ghost is here, there's no reason to ask. He's fake. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>